This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, an update on the four Americans found after being kidnapped at gunpoint in Mexico. We have details on the rescue and the survivor's condition, as well as a response from officials. Tucker Carlson strikes back at criticism from Senate leaders over his Capitol breach footage reports. Meanwhile, the number of J6 defendants asking for trial delays on account of the footage is growing. The New York Times says it has information about who is behind the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. The paper cites anonymous U.S. officials. Hundreds of thousands in France protest against planned pension reform. Violence in the streets of Paris and Lyon ranged from fires and trash cans to demolished cars. And AI anchors spreading pro-China disinformation on social media. Made in China cranes in American ports used for spying. We spoke to an expert. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. It's March 8th, a Wednesday, and we are following some news from Congress this morning. A hearing into the origins of COVID-19 will be held today. The House Select Sub Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic is expected to focus on the possibility of the virus leaking from a lab in China. Nine Republicans and seven, de seven Democrats sit on the committee. Republicans on the committee released a memo critical of Dr. Anthony Fauci on Sunday. They say they have email evidence of Fauci prompting the draft of a publication meant to discredit the lab leak hypothesis. Some GOP members suggest Fauci try to influence and sway the outcome of early studies into the pandemic's origin. They're honing in on email exchanges from 2020 between Fauci and scientists and health officials. Fauci denies the accusations. He says he was not asked to testify at today's hearing. Here's Fauci in an interview yesterday. If it turns out to be a lab leak, you want to be very much more stringent in the controls of the experiments that you allow to be done. We will be live streaming the hearing on our website. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can find it at mtd.com live. Next, we have an update on the four Americans kidnapped at gunpoint in Mexico. Two are reported to have died in captivity. The two survivors were rescued and transported back to U.S. soil yesterday. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on their condition and the response from officials. Como resultado de las acciones... The governor of Tamaulipas, Mexico, says the four Americans were found in a wooden shack in a village about six miles from Matamoros near the Gulf Coast. A 24-year-old man guarding them was arrested at the scene. The bodies of the two killed, Zindel Brown and Shahid Woodward, will be turned over to U.S. authorities following forensic work at the Matamoros morgue. U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price extended condolences to their families and loved ones on Tuesday. We want to see accountability uh, for the violence that has been inflicted on these Americans that tragically uh, led to the death of two of them. Price says the FBI and Mexican authorities are working to ensure that justice is done. The two survivors were sped to the border near Brownsville, Texas, in a convoy of ambulances and SUVs, escorted by Mexican military Humvees and National Guard trucks with mounted machine guns. They were taken to the Valley Regional Medical Center in Brownsville with an FBI escort. 
One of the survivors, Eric Williams, was shot in the legs three times. That's according to his wife, who says he underwent surgery and is expected to recover and walk again. The other survivor, Latavia McGee, was not injured. She traveled to Mexico for cosmetic surgery. Mexican officials believe the kidnapping may have been a case of mistaken identity. Democratic Representative Vicente Gonzalez says the drug cartels are a national security concern. He's calling on U.S. and Mexican lawmakers to come up with critical ideas to dismantle and stop cartels across the border. We need to work with law enforcement and the military in, uh, covertly in Mexico uh, through intelligence and people on the ground and, and make surgical operations to take them out, take them out fi financially and physically, bring them to justice when we can. But um, a clear message needs to be sent. Gonzalez pointed out the record high number of people dying of fentanyl in the U.S. due to drug smuggling across the border. Mexico's president has sworn that those responsible will be punished. Our neighbor's home is on fire and he, they need help putting it out and he needs to make profound changes uh, in his criminal justice system to dismantle uh, cartels and stop this from being a norm. Gonzalez says Mexico has lost more lives from cartel violence in the last 20 years than the U.S. has lost in every war from Korea to Vietnam to the wars in the Middle East. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy released thousands of hours of January 6th footage to Tucker Carlson. Yesterday, he defended his decision. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson reacts to criticism from Senate leaders. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the report. Each person. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy spoke with reporters. No, um, I, I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said. People can actually look at it. The release of the January 6th footage to Fox News and Tucker Carlson's subsequent report on the events have caused a stir on both sides of the aisle. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy. Schumer called on Fox News and Rupert Murdoch to tell Carlson not to air a second segment which was broadcast on March 7th. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. Was it a mistake by... Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says he totally agrees with criticisms made by U.S. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. The memo Manger wrote described Carlson's commentary as being filled with offensive and misleading conclusions about the January 6th attack. Tucker Carlson reacted to the Senate leaders on Fox News. You don't often see the Senate majority leader openly call for censorship on the floor of the Senate as if that was totally normal. Carlson says what's really happening is hysteria, with fear and panic at the root of it. He says the videos were untouched and vetted with the Capitol Police to ensure no one was endangered by their airing. Carlson says they touch a nerve because they are a threat to what he called the lies that have been told for over two years. The Senate Majority Leader joins the Senate Minority Leader. Tom Tillis, Mitt Romney. <laughs> They're all on the same side. So it's actually not about left and right. It's not about Republican and Democrat. Here you have people with shared interests. 
Carlson says those are the people who, quote, have everything in common underneath it all and are all aligned against everyone else, saying that includes almost all news organizations as well. The footage released on Monday appears to show that scenes at the Capitol building were more peaceful than previously publicized. Schumer later tweeted that he had been invited onto Carlson's show. He says he will agree to go on after Tucker Carlson admits to his viewers live on air that he, quote, has been lying to them about the 2020 elections and about what happened on January 6th. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. A growing number of January 6th defendants are asking judges to delay their trials. That's in light of the newly released video footage. At least three defendants have recently filed motions to delay their trials, and one defendant has filed such a request but had it denied. House Republicans recently released some 41,000 hours of security footage from the January 6th Capitol breach to Fox News. The GOP says they were granting access to any defendants who want to view the video. The defendants say they need the trials delayed in order to review the footage. Federal judges haven't ruled on whether to delay the trials. Government prosecutors oppose the requests. Voters in Oklahoma rejected the legalization of recreational marijuana yesterday. This follows a late blitz of opposition from faith leaders, law enforcement, and prosecutors. Having one ounce of marijuana and the growth of up to six mature plants would have been legal if the measure had passed. A 15% sales tax on the drug would have applied. Other conservative states have also rejected the idea, including Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota last year. While some, like Montana and Missouri, have approved similar proposals in recent years. Oklahoma voters approved medical marijuana in 2018. The state has over 2,800 licensed dispensaries. New York City is opening a migrant asylum center that will be open 24-7. A special office will be dedicated to the issue. Mayor Eric Adams announced the program yesterday. The arrival center will work to find people long-term housing, jobs, and help relocate them to other cities. He did not say where it would be located or when it would open. Adam says the city can't do it alone. He clarified what he thinks is needed from the state and federal government. This crisis is not a New York crisis. It's a United States crisis. And it's time for our national government to play the role. People are saying they have a shortage of workers. So we're going to identify the areas that are in higher demand with our partnerships in business, and we're going to connect people with those jobs that are available and start giving them the training now. It was like a scene out of a thriller movie. A YouTuber just finished recording his podcast, and while he was sitting against the window at a cafe Saturday, this happened. How so quiet in here. How did I... Just as he uttered those words, an SUV plowed into the glass behind Nathan Reeves, his friend and a podcast guest. The horrifying moment caught on camera was at the Tout Sweet Cafe in Houston. The cafe was filled with more than a dozen people at that moment. Luckily, no one was injured. Local police said a woman drove her Chevrolet through a red light and struck another car before crashing into the cafe. The video was uploaded to Reeves' YouTube channel, November Romeo, and has amassed tens of thousands of views. And coming up, hundreds of thousands in France protest against planned pension reform. Violence in the streets of Paris and Lyon ranged from fires in trash cans to demolished cars. And we speak to an expert about how the Chinese regime is using AI and tech for malicious intent. Hear more about their strategies after the break. 
Welcome back. There is new intelligence coming out on the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines in September last year. A New York Times report suggests that a pro-Ukrainian group is responsible. The New York Times report is based on intelligence reviewed by unnamed U.S. officials. The officials said they don't have any evidence to suggest that the Ukrainian government was involved. After the report came out, an advisor to the Ukrainian president tweeted, quote, Ukraine has nothing to do with the Baltic Sea mishap and has no information about pro-Ukrainian sabotage groups. The attack on the Nord Stream pipelines took place last September underwater in the Baltic Sea. The pipelines transport natural gas from Russia to Europe, but they were not in use at the time. Russia has long blamed the West for the sabotage. Hundreds of thousands in France are protesting against planned pension reform. Violence in the streets of Paris and Lyon ranged from fires and trash cans to demolished cars. Here's the story. France was hit by a new wave of strikes and protests on Tuesday. Unions have called for walkouts over planned pension reforms. Stoppages disrupted fuel deliveries and operations at oil refineries operated by Esso and others. Power generation and garbage collection were also hit. At a protest in the western port of Saint-Nazaire, one union delegate said raising the retirement age by two years to 64 was a step too far. People are fed up, people are exhausted. People see around them that there are plenty of colleagues who don't even make it to the current legal retirement age, so how can we expect them to make it to 64? The government says people must work two years longer in order to keep the budget of one of the industrial world's most generous pension systems in the black. Commuters in Paris were among those to feel the effects of Tuesday's strike, with rail services in the capital badly disrupted. But some travelers had sympathy for the strikers. Of course it affects me because I need to go to work like everyone else. I don't like being stressed and commuting, but it's not just important. I would say it's of utmost importance even because it's about our pension. Unions say they will ramp up pressure on lawmakers to vote against the reforms. They say rolling strikes could be prolonged for days. However, French President Emmanuel Macron is pressing ahead. Though his camp doesn't have a majority in parliament, he can count on support from some conservative opposition members. Ministers hope to see the measures approved by the end of the month. According to the Interior Ministry, around one and a quarter million people took to the streets on Tuesday in demonstrations across the country. This made the turnout for this day of protest, the sixth against the reform this year, the highest so far. France's nationwide strike against the planned pension reform will spill into Wednesday. Now let's look to China for a moment. According to Graphica, China is using AI anchors to spread pro-China disinformation on social media. Now national security and Pentagon officials say they're investigating concerns that made-in-China cargo cranes in American ports are being used for spying. I spoke to Arthur Herman, who is a senior fellow and director of the Quantum Alliance Initiative at the Hudson Institute. He explained how China is making their predictions to guide people's decisions increasingly accurate. Here's what he said yesterday. The trouble is, is that these kinds of fake videos um, get more and more sophisticated as uh, artificial intelligence technology gets better, as it learns from its mistakes, as it reshapes and alters in ways that um, make it really difficult to sort out what is it that's uh, real and what is it that is simulated um, 
uh, on a given YouTube video or on a soundbite or in a podcast. Um, in fact, someone recently did an experiment uh, running uh, a image of uh, a U.S. government official uh, speaking at a conference and asked the audience if they could tell whether this was a deep fake, in other words, completely made up, or whether this was uh, an actual broadcast uh, of an actual official actually speaking. And uh, the audience decided, after careful watching and scrutiny, <laughs> decided that it was, in fact, a fake, when, in fact, it was the real thing. Um, so it gets more and more difficult to distinguish truth from reality, uh, and uh, if we're not careful, uh, could trigger all kinds of catastrophic responses, whether it's by financial markets, whether it's by uh, the public. Um, it's a uh, it's going to be an increasing problem that we're going to have to grapple with and deal with, particularly those who are going to use it for not just malicious purposes, you know, as pranks, which is sort of the rule, sort of what's happened with deepfakes so far but the ways in which they can be used uh, strategically, politically, by right. an antagonist like China. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about next, which is um, what the potentials are for, um, of these, this technology for China's strate strategy specifically. Well, I think what you're seeing is, is that this is just one more aspect of how China uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to advance strategic objectives. Uh, China has devoted itself and its resources to becoming the world's first artificial intelligence-driven government and state and society. They have set aside up to $150 billion in order to achieve this uh, objective. And what this means is, is pr primarily, is using artificial intelligence and machine learning and its ability to manipulate and to work with data in order to generate certain kinds of predictive models uh, and decision-making, use that to enhance and consolidate the power of the Chinese Communist Party. That what we're seeing is a government which is using AI on its darkest and most sinister side, in other words, as a means by which to manipulate, control, and dominate its population. And what we're seeing uh, with its most recent events is also using AI as a way in which to control and manipulate um, non-Chinese citizens uh, and governments and to really use it as a tool for global hegemony. Uh, I want to go back to machine learning and something you mentioned earlier on, which is the spy crane. So I do want to know more about that and how that ties into the whole machine learning and AI um, influence. Sure. Well, you know, there's this breaking story that came out for the Wall Street Journal yesterday about U.S. military officials concerned about cranes that are used, uh, cargo loading cranes at U.S. Um, shipping facilities, which are been built by a Chinese company that have very sophisticated sensors uh, attached to those cranes, ostensibly to help with the moving of cargoes and being aware of where cargoes are going and, and, and safety. Uh, and other kinds of control issues. But in fact, in fact, we're worried is that those same sensors are collecting important data, data about where cargoes are going, particularly military or defense-related cargoes, uh, the logistics 
that's involved for the U.S. military uh, via shipping companies and via shipping facilities. Because here's the chain. The chain is that you have a Chinese company which has built these cranes and, and provided the sensors. Those sensors are collecting data. That data is in the possession of a Chinese uh, technology company. That technology company then passes and is by law required to pass that data on to Chinese military and intelligence services, which they then use as grist for their artificial intelligence and machine learning tools. Very interesting points. Thank you so much for your analysis, Arthur Herman. I really appreciate it. That, pleasure to be here. Look forward to it again next time. Coming up, a proclamation for premier classical Chinese dance company Shenyun Performing Arts. A local politician on why Costa Mesa is happy to welcome a performance that Beijing doesn't want you to see. That and more after the break. Good to have you back. A city in sunny California is commending Shenyun Performing Arts. That's over the premier classical Chinese dance company's efforts to revive tradition and its contribution to America's melting pot culture. Here's more. A proclamation for Shenyun Performing Arts. That's as the Chinese classical dance tour company brings its all-new production to Costa Mesa, California. Donald Wagner is the third district supervisor of Orange County, California. I'm happy to welcome you to Orange County. And this may be the show that Beijing doesn't want you to see, but the truth is we're here in Orange County, happy to show it. Shenyun aims to depict China before communism. Wagner noted that Beijing's ideology is one that the West has been opposing for a long time. We're happy to encourage uh, the opportunity to see and for everybody to make their own decisions. I think when you get the opportunity to uh, export freedom, we ought to do it. We appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to actually see what maybe Beijing doesn't want us to see. To bring back traditional Chinese culture on top of classical Chinese dance and a live orchestra, each Shenyun performance features over 400 Chinese costumes, all handmade. The colors are so beautiful. You come in in the middle of winter, you're like, oh, the colors, everything just comes alive. And then to watch the dancing is so, it's so beautiful. It's athletic. It's like, but it, the storytelling that goes into it, it just, it kind of just, it's just a balm for my soul. <laughs> the music is extremely powerful. In, in particular, I absolutely love the gentleman who did the solo with no microphone. His voice was so powerful, it was great. For some, the spirituality and traditional values in the performance stood out most. I do like the spirituality piece of it, that there's a greater purpose and a grander purpose for all of us to be here. And so it's to fulfill that purpose and to do good and to be good, and it's very powerful. I'm Catholic, but I just love that idea of the, the presence of the Almighty in our lives and, and um, helping us to be better and to help each other and just that connection with that. It's beautiful. Kathleen Sullivan is a music teacher. She says she appreciates the dancers' devotion to their craft. Well, you're doing such a great job. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. And I, I appreciate all the hard work that goes into it and the, the, just the company connection, everybody that works together and how important that is to just make it look so easy and beautiful and just the audience is just loving it. 
loving it. I just have a sense of really profound gratitude and thankfulness that people uh, devote themselves so much to uh, their craft, to their art, and um, it, it really is uh, a part of the ascent of humanity, I think. And uh, for somebody to give themselves to that is really, really wonderful. Shereen's next stop in the Golden State is Bakersfield from March 7th to 8th. NTD News, Costa Mesa, California. You know, Evelyn, it really shows that there is such a rich history in China. There is. There absolutely is. Yeah, and we're really fortunate to be able to see it here in the States because in China you can't. You know what? You're right about that. Yeah. Have you ever danced? I have a little bit. I had tried ballet when I was little. Oh, ballet. Yeah, yeah. so you may be able to appreciate their skill. Oh, for sure. I mean, who wouldn't? They are so perfect in every way, so yeah. It's excellent. I agree. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks for watching. You can write us at goodmorning at NTD.com. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.